Welcome to Meant to Be Mama podcast. We are your hosts, Meg and Sarah. Two women with one mission, unpacking the real and raw truths of infertility, pregnancy after loss, motherhood, and everything in between. Thank you for joining us today. We are so glad you're here. Hi, guys. This is Sarah. And Meg. <laughs> oh my Thank you guys for tuning in last uh, episode, listening to my story. I appreciate all of you guys um, who listened. I am so excited to jump into Meg's story today and hear all about her experience um, and road to becoming mama. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, seriously, thank you for pouring your heart into our audience and our friends and family here. Um, Last week, I know it's hard and vulnerable and scary to open up and share those deep things. I'm uh, definitely feeling the feels right now about to share mine, but we aren't doing this to keep silent. We're doing this to share and be the voices that we can be for people and um, our goal is to relate, right? So got to start somewhere. Um, So for me, man, I feel like I feel like my journey to get to mom, it just got started, but in all honesty, it started a little over a decade ago. So I became unexpectedly pregnant with an ex. And even though it like wasn't the right timing in my life and things with him and I were not, you know, ideal, I just had this feeling in my gut that I needed to have this baby. And, um, I was like, whether I had his support or not, which I, I don't think I really did. Um, I, I don't know. I just had this moment of like, well, I'll just do this without you then. And, um, I remember going to my first appointment. I was nine weeks and my mom was with me. My partner at the time did not come. Um, and they had told me that there was no heartbeat and that I would need to have a DNC immediately. And I, so clearly I had been, you know, I was already nine weeks. I didn't really know my periods were very sporadic at that time. Um, I was on birth control, but I wasn't the best at taking it (laughs) consistently. Um, not my proudest moments, but I was just young and being stupid And, um, the doctor just really had no bedside manner. And he was like, you need to schedule a DNC immediately. Like didn't really explain what that meant to me. Um, and I had like just found out that this was happening. And so I remember sitting in the office feeling so confused and lost and my mom holding my hand and just being like, is this happening because I don't have like a partner here? Like, why do I, do I have to, why do I have to go through this alone? I wasn't ready to like have that be my answer. And so I asked if I can come back two weeks later and he pretty much made me feel stupid and was like, yeah, sure. I'll see you in two weeks for your DNC. If you want to wait, that's on you pretty much. And I just remember going home and hearing like the relief in my boyfriend's voice that this is what my outcome was going to be. And so I didn't have support there. Really the only person I had was my mom who's literally, and she's here right now, like doing my dishes because she's the best human in the whole world. Um, but so as you guys can imagine, I went back two weeks later and had to prepare myself for that DNC surgery that next day. And I think maybe, I don't know if I explained what a DNC is. I 
Oh no. Maybe you can just explain, you know, what a DNC yeah. is. So pretty much when you get past a certain point in your pregnancy, if your body doesn't naturally miscarry, it will eventually, and it could be, you know, farther along, really painful, the whole nine yards where you are going to end up having to have one anyway, but it's where you have to have a surgery where they have to go in and literally scrape everything out of your uterus. Um, and it's, you know, it's traumatizing just knowing like what's happening and, you know, it's not anything anybody ever like thinks they would have to go through, but I know so many people on here listening probably have. And, um, so yeah, I had that surgery. I remember going home and just feeling really sad and alone and confused. And, um, I honestly never wanted to talk about it to anybody. And like, I never wanted to relive that experience. I never, I just blocked it out. I didn't go to therapy. I didn't, anytime my mom brought it up, I acted like it never happened. Um, I started partying. I was in college. I, um, just really never handled the, the grief that I was going through. Um, so you didn't tell anyone about that? Mm-mm. No. So it did was any of your friends, did anybody know? I think I told, I think I told Shelby, I think I told one person, um, because at the time I also had just started my business and was doing really good. Um, and then needed like space to like, I, I just didn't want to work. I didn't want to go to school. I had actually had just started a semester at my university and I had dropped out, um, because I literally couldn't even like function in my classes because internally I was not okay, but I didn't do anything to heal through what I was going through or talk to anybody about it. And so I remember, yeah, it was like a whole thing. I ended up getting like, I, I don't know if I think I just stopped showing up and I got like F's on like my whole first semester out of university. And I had to get like a letter from a doctor once I wanted to start the next following semester. Um, to get all of those removed and I had to like oh, relive so it later hard. on, but it's so crazy. I like don't even, because I still have yet even brought that up much. Um, yeah, it was just a wild time in my life that I just really tried to block out. Um, but I was internally, you know, struggling and long story short, that partner and I did not work out. We ended up, um, parting ways and, um, that next semester, I think so. I took that half a year off that following semester. I went back to college. I actually met my now husband. Um, and we on and off dated for a year, officially started dating a couple, like a year and a half later. Um, granted, I wasn't ready to be in another serious relationship. And at the time, either was he. Um, so we were just friends and I kind of distracted myself, I think, in that new romance. And it was so great and so much fun. And now we've been together for 10 years. We, you know, I was smart. I got an IUD when him and I, you know, became sexually active and, um, you know, did my part to prevent that from ever experience from ever happening again. So now fast forward, it's been 10 years since that last, um, traumatic, you know, DNC that I've had. Um, my husband and I got married in 2021 and we wanted to start a family. I honestly, I may have had it in the back of my mind 
my previous experience, but to be quite frank, I thought it was just a fluke. I was like, oh, this one, that'll never happen to me again. It only happened because I wasn't meant to be with that guy. Like I was drinking and like partying, having a good time. Like my body just wasn't ready to be a mom. Now I'm in my thirties. I'm so healthy. I take care of myself. I'm in a very healthy relationship. I'm married, like all the things I, I didn't even like think that anything would happen. Um, so we tried immediately after we got married and like you said, like you just knew you were pregnant, right? Like my body, I was in Maui. I remember I went to Maui with my mom and one of my best friends on a work trip. And, um, I just had this feeling. I was like, I think I'm pregnant. I've been here before and I didn't want to like overthink it. Cause it was like, it, it wouldn't show up on a test for like another couple of weeks. But I just had that, or I think like a week or two, I was going to start my period, but I was like, I'm just going to like not drink this trip. So I didn't drink that trip. I like just enjoyed Maui. And I think it was like our second or third night. And I woke up in the middle of the night to like excruciating cramps and bleeding. And it was weird because I wasn't supposed to start my period for like, I think it was a week, week and a half or two weeks later. Um, And so I was like, this is so weird. Why am I bleeding. And it was like clots. It was like the whole nine yards. And so I just had this feeling. I was like, I think I just had like an early miscarriage. And so I called my husband that next morning and let him know like what I had gone through. And after that, like the bleeding was pretty much done. Like it was super weird, like a couple hour situation. And then it was like light after really? that. Mm-hmm. Um, so is husband, that, like, is that a chemical? Chemical pregnancy. That, yeah. So I keep leaning yeah, forward. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's chemical. I keep leaning forward and backwards too. (laughs) Um, And I called my husband and he's very much the same as Matt where he's super positive. And he was like, well, just take care of yourself. You know, try to still enjoy yourself while you're there. You're in such a beautiful place. Like just be present and listen to your body and we'll figure it out when you get home. And so I went to the doctor when I got home and they – pretty much confirmed it was a chemical pregnancy and I just lost the baby early. And as hard as it was, like I really, it didn't like really affect me. I think because I, it was so early and it just happened so quick that, and the doctors were so optimistic. They're like, just try again, just give your body a month or so to like recalibrate and then try again. Um, I don't think you're going to have an issue. And I was like, okay. And I never even brought up my other DNC because it, it literally, I, I think my, my subconscious, like blocked it out for so long that I just didn't even think of it being a thing, you know, or like, oh my gosh, this is my second miscarriage, you know? I feel like so, that makes sense that you're not like connecting yeah. the two. Like, why would you? Like, it's completely different situations. I feel like I probably would have been the same way. Yeah, I don't I don't know. And it's 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 crazy how powerful our brains are too, just to block things out. Like I literally blocked out like that whole time in my life. But so we went ahead and tried again a couple months later. We got pregnant again right away. And I was so excited. Like we were ecstatic. It was I, I didn't even have one ounce of fear. I started buying like the pregnancy journals. I was like telling all my close people, which is kind of a blessing now looking back in hindsight, you know, told my best friends, told my parents, like I was so excited. Um, We had our ultrasound 
I think like two weeks or so after, because I was still early again. I like, I swear I know my body and I was like, I'm, I'm pregnant. <laughs> like I just know it. And so we waited till I was, I think it was like seven or eight weeks to have my first ultrasound. And I really, I was like, I told my husband, like, I'm kind of nervous to go into this ultrasound just from what we just experienced. But I'm also like an optimist and I was trying to be super positive and I was excited. And I just like, we prayed on the way there and I'm like, everything's fine. Like, everything's going to be fine with this baby. Um, I really had no doubts. And when I laid down and they did the ultrasound and I just, I looked at the screen and I looked at the text face and I lost it. I just knew that something was not right. I knew that I wasn't going to be having this baby. My husband was like, are you okay? Like, why are you crying? Um, and I just looked at him and I was like, we're not having this baby. This baby isn't going to have a heartbeat. Like I just like had this, like you said, you had this gut feeling, um, that something was wrong. And so did you say that you said that in the ultrasound room? I did. Yeah. I mean, the, the ultrasound tech went and got a doctor and I was like, you don't even have to get a doctor. Like yeah. I already know. And he was uh. like, no, we're going to get a doctor. I'll be back. And I was like, can I leave? Like, I just wanted to get out of there. I didn't even want to like yeah. hear it again. I just wanted to leave. And, um, I just remember the room just being so sterile and, just silver everywhere and white. And I just was like, I, I was like every ounce of was crawling out of my body. I'm like, I just want to get the hell out of this room. Um, and so we left and, um, they're like, come back in two weeks. It's still really early. You're still, you're only seven weeks. Like, um, we could just not. So what at this point I had what was called a blighted ovum. So it's like where there's the sacs growing, my level HCG levels are growing, um, but there's no embryo. So it could have been some type of chromosomal abnormality, something wrong with the fetus where your body pretty much rejects the fetus and like reabsorbs the fetus with the sac and the yolk sac and everything else continues to grow. So everything was growing except the fetus. Mm-hmm. My body had already like rejected the fetus. So, um, I was like, I just remember being like, what's the point of coming back? Like, there's no baby. Like my body's fully thinks it's pregnant still like with a viable pregnancy, but there's no baby. Um, and the doctor's like, sometimes it just could be really small right now. And it could, you know, come back in two weeks. He was way more optimistic than my doctor prior and I just think that is when all of my trauma that I had shoved inside from the last time, all of a sudden, like I couldn't even function. Like it was just this reoccurrent nightmare that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm literally reliving what I went through 10 years ago, but with my husband and a baby that I really want. And I just knew exactly. I was like, the next month is going to be the worst. The next two months are going to be like the worst next two months of my life. And it was uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas Ugh. last year. Is that what happened with the first baby, the one 10 years mm-hmm. ago? Was it, it yeah. was the same thing? Yeah. Is that something, is that something that happens randomly? Did it randomly happen to you twice? They, yeah. So the doctors pretty much said, 
If you've had one before, it is so rare that you'll have a, a blighted ovum again. Um, like they, it's, I don't even, I don't know the statistic or the percentage, but yeah, like extremely rare to have it happen twice. Um, and so that's what they, that's what they said to me, um, about Turner syndrome. They said it's like lightning striking twice and lightning struck you twice. It struck me twice. Yeah. So we waited the two weeks because then I'm, then I'm, you know, trying to be hopeful and, and Chris, my husband's trying to be hopeful and he's like, let's, you know, we don't know. We don't know until we really know. So like, let's give this baby a chance. Let's see if in two weeks and he was trying so hard to be optimistic. And I was literally like, no, like this isn't like, I had to like mentally prepare myself. Then I, then the other, like to like, I was like, this isn't happening. Like I'm going to have a DNC. I'm going to have to go through this. And like, it's going to be 10 times worse as before because I'm not hiding it this time. I'm healing it. I'm healing through this and it's going to be really fucking hard. But then the other side of you is like re- looking at Google and you're like, oh my gosh, like there were so many stories of people like, no, like you're my, I was told the same thing and I went back at nine weeks and there sure it was, there was the baby and everything was fine and don't give up hope. Like don't make that decision yet. Wait till at least 10 weeks so that you know, like for sure. And even to this day, like I went to, it was like, I think my next appointment was at nine weeks and I was like, in my, so in my head after the DNC, like, did I wait long enough? Like, would the baby have showed up again? Like my full bop, every other part of the sack, the yolk, everything else was growing. Like, are they missing something? Like I even asked the doctor after my surgery, like, did you see anything in there? And he was like, no, Meg, I didn't like, you know, it's so hard. It's so, so hard. That like guilt spiral that you go down. Totally. Like I felt, I felt the same way. And I have to, I would have to like, keep telling myself, you did all the tests. You did all the tests. Like, yeah. you know, that this wasn't a viable pregnancy, like, but you do just naturally like second guess everything. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So I think just from, from that, and then my, I just think all the trauma from my past and then realizing like, oh my gosh, this has now happened to me three times. Something is wrong with me. And then my brain, it was the same thing with Instagram algorithm. Like I had told my close friends and stuff and I felt so grateful. Like I had flowers and gifts and so many and food like shown up on my doorstep every single day, like meal trains, like my people just rallying and taking care of us. And it was just so comforting. Um, but also I just felt so alone. And I think the hardest part was, you know, not only was I grieving this loss, but like I had then added on all the other losses that I was grieving and it became just debilitating for me. And you know, my husband was very supportive, but I don't really think he understood what I was going through at the same time. And, you know, it was a couple of months and, you know, I just, I felt, I don't even know how to, I, I just felt very, very, very alone. And I wanted to share and talk about it, but I, you know, and, and respectfully. So I let like my husband's the best person ever, but he's also a very private person. And I, I think from my last time hiding and bottling it all in, I just felt like I need to share, I need to talk about this because 
I need to like, I need to get this out of my body because I, it's been in there for so long that I just need to share and like talk to women because you're not understanding the, the reasons why, like, of course my friends and family were, but they had never gone through it. You and I had related a little bit in certain things. Um, but I just needed to like post and talk about my grief and like cry and share all of the feelings that I was feeling. And eventually, you know, my husband was like, it got to the point where he was like, okay, you can do whatever you need to do to heal. Um, but it was hard. It was really hard on our marriage. Um, just really hard all, all around. And I think even to this day, I mean, we didn't, I give you such like courage for wanting to try again so quickly. I felt so disconnected to my body. I felt so failed by my body. I hated my body. I didn't trust my body. Um, and, and this time around, I actually, I wanted to like feel the pain. It was really weird. Last time I normally, and this could be like, I'm an Enneagram seven, like, I don't know if you guys know what the Enneagram is, but I run from pain. Like that is just something that I've done since I was a kid. I just try to hide it with distractions and fantasy and joy and like, let's book a trip. Let's go here. Let's just distract ourselves, go and like have a girl's night out, drink, whatever. Um, And this time I was like, I'm not doing that. I am sitting in my grief. I am not drinking. I am not booking a trip. I am dealing with the pain that I am going through and I am going to work through it and do everything that I can to mend this ache that is in my heart and this emptiness that's in my heart. And, um, we took some time off. We took, so this was my DNC was in October. Um, we didn't reconsider start trying again until April of the following year. Granted, my body wouldn't even have allowed it. I, pretty much after my DNC bled for almost three months straight, my period would not regulate itself. Um, and then the month we were going to start trying, cause I, I started going to acupuncture, which we're going to get all into like the things that we did to heal. We, or I started going to acupuncture and that's kind of what I think allowed my periods to start regulating again. I would say around February was my first like normal period. Um, February was normal. March was normal. April was normal. Um, and then we were like, okay, let's, let's, you know, start, we decided to go to a fertility specialist and we wanted to start that in May. So was that, was that something you guys just decided as a couple to do, or was that suggested to you from doctors? That's a good question. Um, so when I had my DNC, my doctor was like, I think you'll be fine. Just try again and take baby aspirin. Like that was his so only So it would have been the fourth time. My four, fourth time, yeah, trying. Well, yeah. well you, that's – yeah, so this would have been my – or yeah, fourth time of me potentially getting pregnant with no – now at this point, I'm like, okay, no, I need more answers. Like I'm not just going to try again. Like I had so much fear around – sex. I had so much fear around intimacy. Like I literally, like it stripped every part. I like lost a part of my soul when I went through this. And, um, we, I asked the doctor, like, I'm not, I'm I'm sorry, but like, I'm not just gonna 
take baby aspirin. And he's like, I think it might be best just for you to have a, a, a clear mind to go see a specialist and have them run, you know, all the blood panels and things just to give you peace of mind. And I was like, okay. So he recommended somebody, this is back, like I said, in like November, we waited until April to really even start considering it again. Cause I just wanted to like heal. We needed to heal us and figure out every aspect that comes with loss and trauma. Um, that part before I even, I was like, I'm not ready to go into this again. And like, I need to be, we need to be good and solid and in a positive mental space before I enter this journey again. And, um, yeah, so it was May, of course, the month we went to go try my period doesn't come. It's literally 22 days late. I was like, this has got to be some kind of joke. Like my periods have just started regulating. I've had three normal periods. And now the time, like literally we were like um, scheduling it with the fertility specialist because we decided to take letrozole. And I think, I don't know if I have time to really go into all that. I'll do it in another episode, but um, I had to have my period first before I started all the medication and stuff. Um, yeah, I think we should have another episode about all of that too. Cause I have, I have so many questions on all of that. Um, yeah, it was a whole thing, but long story short, we, um, tried again in May of this year and, or no, I think we started like the process in May Got the go ahead June third of twenty twenty two, and we ended up did we end up ended up getting pregnant, and now I am seven months pregnant um, with that miracle baby, and I'm at a whole other realm of the journey of pregnancy after loss and fear and all the things. Like I feel like I won't be, um, I won't really even believe it's true until this baby is Earthside in my arms. Like my brain still goes to all the crazy negative places, especially after everything that we've been through. Um, but at the end of the day, everything is healthy. I have my Doppler that keeps me sane and I check its little heartbeat. Um, how do you feel about the Doppler? I feel like that's such, um, like a polarizing topic. It's like to Doppler or not to, um, especially with pregnancy I mean, after I loss. am so thankful for it. I wasn't in the beginning because there was a time where I, before we went to, on a big trip out of the country, I didn't hear the heartbeat. So literally the whole trip, I was like unwell and I should have brought it with me. I don't know why I didn't, but anyway, no, I love it now. Cause I literally, the second I just put it on there, I hear the heart. I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm, I'm good. Um, but yeah. So that's really our journey of where we're at thus far. I'm so grateful to be pregnant. I cannot wait for this beautiful angel, whatever it is, we're not finding out, um, to be safe here with us. Um, but we won't know that until February, but knock on wood, everything's good. We're all good. <laughs> um, and I just feel really blessed that, um, you know, my body allowed us to, keep this pregnancy and has kept this baby safe thus far. And yeah, it's just a whole other space. So I'm going to stop there because I can go on and on and on. And I know we have so many topics to dive into with that, but um, did you have any other questions as far as that? Or I think it's nice to leave it, you know, on a bit of good news and um, 
Yeah. And I think we can get, you know, we'll definitely get into pregnancy after loss and the anxiety that comes with it and postpartum after loss and the anxiety that comes with that um, because pregnancy after loss just isn't easy. And I, I think I mentioned in my episode that I had a fairly easy pregnancy when we got when we got pregnant with my son Knox and physically it was pretty easy but mentally it was really really tough so you know that's something that we can dive into on on a later episode but thank you for sharing your story i think it's so important you know for people to hear and um and i also didn't know so oh, much okay. of it <laughs> yeah yeah there was a lot that i didn't know well you guys now you've heard it. Both of our stories are out there. If you have any questions for either of us, like we always share, please feel free to DM us in our personal Instagrams. Mine is Meg Och, M-E-G-O-C-C-H, and Sarah's. Mine is SJ Silk, S-J-S-I-L-K. Um, and we also have our podcast Instagram meant to be mama underscore podcast. You can always DM us anywhere. We're excited to keep this going. Thanks, Sarah. Love you, girl. (laughs) Thanks, Meg. Love you. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening. It would mean everything to us if you'd rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us, your hosts on Instagram at Meg Och, M-E-G-O-C-C-H and at sjsilk, S-J-S-I-L-K, and follow at meanttobemama underscore podcast for all podcast-related updates. Our biggest goal is to create community in this space. So feel free to DM us, introduce yourself, and share your stories if you're open to it. You can also find our private Meant to Be Mama community by requesting us on Facebook and searching Meant to Be Mama podcast community. You can find all of these links in the show notes. See you next episode.